Hi, everyone. I'm Dr. John White, WebMD's Chief Medical Officer and host of the Spotlight On series from WebMD's Health Discovered podcast. For this special two-part episode, you'll hear up-close and personal journeys about being diagnosed with a rare type of cancer, multiple myeloma. He looked at me. I have been his patient for more than 20 years. And he said, this is really strange. You're an African-American, age 57. I've never seen this before. This back pain that you're continually having with no signs of osteoporosis. No signs, exactly. And I didn't have any signs of osteoporosis in my family history. Listen to Health Discovered on the iHeartRadio app or wherever you get your podcasts. Our country vowed to never forget 21 years ago, but those words require action. The Tunnel to Towers Foundation has over 80 runs, walks, and climbs across America every year, plus dozens of more golf outings and barbecues you can be part of. There are so many ways that you can take action. Register for an event in your area or volunteer to start one. Do good and never forget by donating $11 a month at T2T.org. That's T, the number two, T.org. Sends it over to Edward Robles. Go and surname FC. What is up, everybody? My name is Hector Flores, host of Insurname FC, and with me as always is my best friend and the other host of the show, Edward Robles. Hey, how's it going, guys? So it's a obviously we sound a little bit different today, and that's because we are actually recording this remotely from each of our homes. So I'm in my home and Edwards is his home. Um, yeah. because the reason, being, <clears throat> the reason being is because I ended up testing positive for COVID. So I have to do my speaking from home. So I can't, I can't be quarantined basically. And I have been catching it pretty bad, but it's all good. You know, for the show, all good for the, for the listeners. You got to do it. You got to do it. Right. Exactly. Um, but yeah, so, uh, uh, Edward has COVID and this is kind of makes a little sense as we're now, this is the last, this is actually the last episode of 2020. Um, obviously we're recording this on Monday, but, um, this will be dropping on New Year's Eve. So thank God 2020 is over. 2020 has been just a one hell of a crazy year, man. You know, a lot of people passing. Um, obviously you had the COVID breakout and you had, Killer bees was a thing at one point, which thank God that didn't, that didn't happen. Um, but just things piling on and piling on. And if you're in Houston, you also were having the fear of possible hurricanes that walked away from us. So, um, it, it's, it's been a crazy year. Um, and I mean, personally for myself, obviously I graduated from college last, like last year we were, I had, I had high hopes because I, I graduated from college thinking that I was going to do something and, because of the pandemic, it just hasn't really worked out that way. But I think that, but the good thing that happened in 2020 was this podcast. This podcast happened. Um, and I think that at least we can take that as a positive, right? Yes, sir. Exactly. So, and I mean, there has been some good things that have happened this year. I mean, obviously we win this messy score, 644 
career goals for Barcelona. <laughs> we did say that the last, uh, yeah, we did say that the last one, like 643, but who knows, maybe 644, who knows, who knows. And sure enough, you called it. Yeah, I mean, and who knows, by the time this episode drops, maybe I scored another, another couple of goals. Um, which it feels like we're going to be talking about a lot of Messi today, <laughs> as a matter of fact. He's been, he's been, he's been on the eye of basically everybody at this point. But yeah, so, so, so Messi, um, obviously is scoring 644 goals and Budweiser. Oh my God. What a short job from Budweiser, man. Like you're talking about <laughs> sending. So, uh, Budweiser made 644. Budweiser bottles labeling, you know, from Messi's first goal all the way to his most recent 644 goal. And they sent each bottle to the goalkeeper that that goal was scored from. Yeah. So, I don't know if that's an honor or how do you say it? Kind of like a, here you go, here's your fucker. So, that's what's funny to me. It's like, it's a great call job by Budweiser. I don't know if Messi had anything to do with it. Personally, I can't imagine. Like, I mean, maybe Messi does have like a sixth sense of humor, but I just, I just can't see what Messi was like. Yeah, guys, let's let's do this. I think this is totally Budweiser's idea, but I'm sure Messi did not say notes. Is what I'm thinking. Well, okay, so check this out. I actually pulled up the list of the goal of the goalies. <clears throat> the goalies that got the most bottles, Diego Alves. He got twenty. Oh, that is a name, man. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> believe it or not, believe it or not, second place, Gorka Iraisos got 18, and Iker Casillas. Iker Casillas, bro. Well, I mean, they played a, they did play a lot of games together. They, they, they did the classicos and stuff. Yeah. yeah. Even when they would meet up in champions, but Iker Casillas, 17. Those are the top three. Yeah, that's crazy. I mean, um, but I mean, it, it's a special moment. You know? we, we say this a lot. Messi is definitely one of the best who have ever done it. And I think we're really blessed to be able to see this guy play. But, um, yeah, but apparently not everybody's pleased to see him play because Santos is actually disputing, uh, <laughs> what Messi did saying that, that, uh, Pele actually scored more than 643 goals if you counted friendlies. But obviously we're, they're only counting the competitive matches that Messi has played. And if you're going off of that with Santos as well, then competitively, he's only scored 643 goals. I get it, friendlies. You're going up against some good teams. I mean, uh, Santos had friendlies against Boca Junior, against America, against Colo Colo, against uh, Real Madrid, Barcelona. Like, they played against top teams in Europe as well. But not in, we're not talking about friendlies. We're talking about competitive matches where things actually counted. Yeah. I mean... <clears throat> I mean it's actually an honor. And believe it or not, one of the great ones, one of the great goalies ended up getting um, uh, beards as well. Uh, Gianluigi Buffon. So I consider that, you know, and then and he even posted it on his, twi- and on his Twitter, I believe. Or his, yeah, I believe his Twitter or his Instagram. He was like, congratulations, Messi. And he took a picture with those, with the bottles. Him, Jan Oblak. Um, Jan Oblak, yeah. There's a, there's a lot of players that actually posted. Kepa, Kepa also did as well. Um, so there's, yeah, I mean, it's Messi. I don't think anybody's going to dispute that with Messi. And even Pelé even congratulated him. So I mean, Santos, I think they should just take the L. Just be happy that Pelé has held that record for so long. But you know what? If, it, if there's anybody that award to, I think Messi's the guy. Yeah. 
I agree with you on that one, man. I mean, it's an honor. Even if, let's say, if I was goalie and I got scored on by Messi, it'd be an honor to be represented in some way for his milestone. Yeah, so congratulations to Budweiser for the troll job. I think it was very comical in my opinion. But just all in all, just congratulations to Messi. Just a big milestone for his career. But, yeah. all right, man, we have a damn packed episode, man. We have headlines. We have game recaps. We have players of the week. We have a game preview. So, Edward, you wanna you wanna go ahead and apologize to people for for messing up last week? Yeah, I messed up last week, so <laughs> I I want to apologize. I could blame it on COVID, but I wasn't feeling it then. It was just it was just me being dumbfounded. I mean, to be to, you weren't completely wrong. I mean, the rest of the other leagues in Europe did not play in Christmas. Like they actually wanted to get their players Christmas off, except the English Premier League. <laughs> yeah, well, EPL usually has the whole um, Boxing Day. Boxing Day. Um, so yeah, but I apologize to all our listeners about that one. Okay. Yeah, so we will be previewing a game because the big thing that we're going to be doing today is we're actually going to react to the current standings across the Power Five leagues. In Europe, so we're gonna see who's, and we're not gonna like look at the whole table. We're just gonna look at who's, who's right now in the Champions League race, who's in the Europa League race, and then who are in the relegation zone. So we'll react, see if there's anybody that we think that maybe get, you know, be out of their situation or maybe improve their situation or who we think could actually put themselves in that position right now. And, and, you know, we'll get to that, but yeah, it's gonna be a jam packed episode. And of course, wrap things up with three up, three down. So, 2020 is almost over, man. And you know what? Maybe you didn't get what you wanted for Christmas. Or, you know, maybe you just want to, you know, treat yourself. It's a new year, new you, all that blah, blah, blah stuff. So, <laughs> how about you get swagged out with some new gear with our good friends at Fanax.com. It is your one-stop shop for all things sports. Fanax has a wide variety of apparel and memorabilia from teams across all sports from NFL to NASCAR and, of course, the beautiful game of soccer. So, if you guys want to get swagged out, go to thenags.com and go ahead and get some shopping done. Also, if you go to our Instagram, there is a link in our Instagram. It's the link tree. Click on the link tree. The first, one of the first things you're going to see is Fanags. Go ahead and click there and go ahead and get some shopping done. And also help us out because if you click on that link, it actually helps us at Unho Sports Network um, with our partnership with Fanatics. Yes, sir. All right, man. You ready to get going? Yeah. All right, man. So the first headline, and this is a guy that we've we've been trolling. I mean, <laughs> we were trolling him last week. I was trolling him last week. We we trolled him for a while now, and it's and it's kind of funny. Not, but the the thing that sucks now is that the joke is now no longer able to be used because Pochettino now has a job. He is the new man at PSG. Um. First of all, what do you have to say about the fact that Pochettino is no longer available? Um, let me see. I will remember how I was joking around saying, oh no, he shouldn't go for Man U. And secretly though, I wanted him to go to Man U. So, so um, you basically wanted the swap. Like we wanted. I, uh, I did. I did. I did. <laughs> Jose, Jose to go to, to, to Tottenham and then. Pochettino to go to Manchester United. Yeah, yeah, pretty much exactly. 
So many of you are probably wondering, like, wait, PSG needs a manager? Like, they have to hire a manager? Well, so what happened was PSG actually fired their, their current manager, Tuchel, which could be of a questionable move because obviously Tuchel has done very well for himself in PSG, obviously winning League Un, and then obviously last year making it to the Champions League final. Take it for what you want for that Champions League, but still made it to the final nonetheless. Um, and so, you know, a lot of people are wondering, like, why would you fire this guy? Well, the reason why is Tuchel, he was fired because of his criticism of the club. And it's not necessarily like, oh man, why'd you criticize the club? He actually had a legitimate reason to criticize the club because they have issues as far as, you know, when they have players that um, just, they just let players run out of their contract and they're able to go freely and sign with whatever club they want. Whereas, you know, maybe in hindsight, you would want to maybe transfer that player and at least get something for that player that's near their door anyways. Yeah. I mean, that, I mean, that's a good reason to criticize any, any club, really. Like, if you have a chance to, and they're, they're good, and they're good, if you have a chance to re-sign them, or if you even have a chance to sell them, and you get much, some money out of there. I mean, and, and logic. I'd be, I'd be a little bit, I'd be a little bit upset too. I mean, I mean, logic tells you that obviously if you have, it's better to get something than nothing in return for a player, especially when you have invested in a player initially to bring him into the club. So I think at, at this point, even if you weren't necessarily going to get the same exact value that you got for the player, maybe it would have been best to at least get something for yeah, it. Exactly. I mean, for example, um, I'm just using this as an example. Like I'm, when I play FIFA or anything like that, I go, when I see that I have like four months close to the end of the, of the season, I'll go ahead and renew them. Even if I don't feel like I'm going to play them enough or anything like that. But in the end, I also get transfer offers in the next transfer period. So, I mean, I'm all like, okay, I renewed this guy's contract. It didn't cost me much, and then I'm going to resell him for a little bit more, so I'm going to get more money allocated to my transfer wage. So it's like, it, it works out. Uh, so I, I do things a little differently. Because with me, with me and FIFA, like, whenever I see that there's a player that's like, I, I first thing I do before every season, I look at the contracts, I see who has like a year left and all that. And, um, and then I actually, uh, either I re- renew it or I put them on transfer list. And, you know, just take whatever offers given to me, even if it's under their valuation. I, at this point, like, if I'm not playing on using the player, it's best to just let him go. So, um, at least that's my, my approach to it. But, uh, but yeah, so I mean, you know, Tucha had a reason to, uh, to criticize the club and that's why PSG fired him because I mean, honestly, you don't want somebody that's speaking against the club. Um, especially your manager, but, um, um, but yeah, so that's why they fired him. And, and now you have Pochettino who, I'm going to say this, Pochettino is not a bad manager, even though as much as we made fun of him, he's actually not that bad. I mean, he he has a proven record of being able to, I mean, with Tana and they've been a pretty steady club. Yeah, under. They, were, they, were actually, they were like in last place or anything like that. They were steady. I mean, they're still in the Premier League, but he was a manager or something. And then he also did take, he had, I mean, yeah, he took Tottenham to the Champions League final against, against Liverpool. And it was actually a pretty good game. I mean, Tana, he, I think he's a good manager. I think he's in a really good situation with PSG. Obviously, with all the money that they have and all that talent that they have. You're talking about Neymar and Bappe, depending on what happens in the January transfer window, but still have Bappe. You have Angel Di Maria. You have... <laughs> the, the talent goes on and on. Like, I mean, I can go on listing the players that they have at PSG. 
And who's to say that maybe Pochettino makes a move in this January transfer window to yeah, get... He has, he has the wage. He has the transfer money. For so sure. If he, wants to bring, if he wants to bring somebody in, he can. I'm pretty sure they're not going to know. So I think, I think uh, Pochettino is in a really good situation for himself. He basically left Tottenham. I, I wouldn't say they're like a, a nice exotic car or anything like that, but a very good, efficient vehicle. Like I, I guess you would say. And then he goes to PSG, where he's now basically driving a Ferrari. Yep. So, and I think he, he, was, he was driving. Let's, let's put it this way: he was driving an Aston Martin with Tottenham. Now he's driving a, a Maserati or a Lamborghini. You know, something that basically already has like that superpower that you can actually work with. Mm-hmm. So yeah. yeah, fair point. Fair point. So I, I completely agree with it. I think Pochettino is a great a great move for them. I think that this is going to be something that they're going to definitely um, be happy to have. All right, man. So well, well, do you think he can handle the pressure? I, I feel like he could. I mean, I think maybe Tottenham isn't PSG. I mean, we all, we all can definitely say that with full confidence. But I don't know. I like I like what I'm I think Pochettino can do. And then it, all right. I know that he's, he wants to run the job. I think everybody has, has heard this. And if he really wants to prove his worth with a top club with a lot of money and that, that basically has high expectations like a Real Madrid, well, he's going to have to show it in PSG. Um, you know, like I said, even though Zidane, I think has done enough to at least salvage his job for right now. Um, uh, he's, he's going to have to figure out, like, I mean, Pochettino, this is his, I guess his, his job interview right now for Real Madrid. If he wants that Real Madrid job really that badly. Um, so I think that this is a good opportunity for him. To, we'll see what he can do. Um, cause I mean, obviously, like I said, PSG is not taught of him. Like there's high expectations with, with PSG and, uh, we'll see what he can do. And I think, uh, we'll, I, I feel like he can say we'll see. But I, that's really what it is. It's, it's going to be a way and see kind of thing. I mean, we, we know that Pochettino can be a good manager, but the question would be, can he have the pressure of a big club? Because let's face it, Tottenham is not a big club. But I think he can. I think he will be able to handle pressure. Or at least we'll find out. Yeah, that's true. I mean, I, I agree. But I, think he, I think he can handle it. But we'll, like, like you said, we'll see. And then we'll also be able to see, we'll even talk about it, I'm sure, if he does any moves. Uh, any big moves for PSG in the transfer period? Yeah, so that's going to be the first. The big judgment will be on with this transfer window. Um, but definitely, I think PSG is currently, I believe, third place in, in the one. Um, so it's not necessarily like he has a lot of work ahead of him to get them on top. Um, and like I said, this this PSG team is very talented. So it's just making sure that he he puts he, he keeps them in the right track because I mean he has the talent. So it's not so much of him having to worry about you know, having to make these guys look, you know, get better and just make sure they put, put them in the right position and let their talent do, do the work. Right. All right, man. So, uh, and here's another headline, man. All right. So Trippier. So for those who don't know who Trippier is, he's a fullback at Atletico Madrid. Actually, funny enough, was with Tottenham and actually once was under Pochettino. Um, he is currently facing a 10 week ban for uh, violating seven betting violations. Um, four of them were proven to be true. And so he is going to be suspended for 10 weeks. Well, they said banned, but let's say that it's a suspension. I mean, 
when I hear Ben, I usually think that it's like, never again, you know what I mean? But he's going to be suspended for 10 weeks. Um, also, he's going to be fined 70,000, I believe, pounds or euros. Uh, so he's going to be, he's, he's got a heavy fine. But the thing is, obviously, this is a big hit for Atletico Madrid, man. This is, he's, he's definitely a big part of their defense. Um, some people may say what they want about Trippier. Some people like Trippier. Some people don't like Trippier. I'm one of those people that actually does like Trippier. Um, I like him too. Like, he, he's a good player, in my opinion. He's, he's a hell of a, a left, a right back. But yes. A wing back. So with the, with the, within those 10 weeks, that's going to be 12 matches that Atletico Madrid will be without him. Now, I wouldn't say that that's like something to worry about, especially for Spencer, because I mean, Atletico Madrid is that team that now has some, some resources where they can get, they have a, a quite a load of players as well. But that's a big player. That's a big piece. Um, and, and, and then the question for me is, you know, obviously betting violations. Like what exactly does that mean? Does that mean that he was betting against Atletico Madrid or, or what was it that he was necessarily doing? I didn't really find anything on that, but it's not a good look for the, not only for him, but for the club, not only, not only for the club, but also the, the English national team. And so does, does this kind of put him away from the English, English national team, especially because England's currently having their going, going through a campaign where they're actually trying to ban uh, betting gambling companies from being on on shirts. Um, so, I mean, uh, so, I mean, that's something interesting to take take into. Um, I, I mean, uh, could this could this actually hurt Trippier for the future? And, and you know what's funny, too? <clears throat> um, so, apparently, I, I don't know if you know this, Manchester United was looking at him to transfer over to Manu from Atletico. So this ban is going to put a complication on the Manchester United transfer if it goes through for the January transfer. Yeah, completely. And I think if, if Atletico Madrid is, is outraged, if, and this is a big if, like if they really do care about this, and maybe they're like, oh, this isn't a good look for us, and, they, and they're wanting to try to sell him, they're probably not going to be really be able to because of that 10-week ban. Yeah, and that's one thing too. Like, are Atlético Madrid willing to get rid of him um, just because of what happened with this betting scandal, or are they willing to try to work with him after he comes back from the ban? Because the thing is, if he's banned right now, they could actually do like a deal, a settling deal, where the the deal can go through uh, during the non-transfer period, but then he could move during the summertime to Manu. But, um, I don't know. Would, 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 do you think, I think Mourinho is, is a type of coach that will want to play even with all his bad juju going around. Mm-hmm. But do, does, does Tottenham really need fullbacks? No, no, Manu. Oh, I thought you said Mourinho. Uh-huh. Yeah, my bad. My, my Mourinho. Oh, 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 gunner. Oh, gunner. Um, because I mean, at the on the left side, you have you have Alex Telles now. Um, right back, I don't. Know, well, 
he's a decent right back, but he's not like a... He's not, he's not trippier. No, he's not trippier. So, um, I mean, the question would be how, how desperate of a club is to give him a shot. I mean, but mind you, man, you does have it's, Mason Greenwood. Manchester United is pretty desperate, brother. And I mean, mind you, Manchester United still does have um, Greenwood still playing matches. So I mean, clearly, they don't really care about images. The, um, the, yeah, the the reference they have right now is Aaron One Bisaka. And Bisaka's actually, yeah, I do like Bisaka, but I just think that Bisaka's maybe not necessarily ready pressure being a starting player for Man U. That's what um, I'm saying. Like he doesn't have any competition, so he's been the job. But yeah, so I mean, Trippier could be a good, uh, could be the move. Yeah, like once again, it just depends on how desperate they are and the way you're you're making them sound. It sounds like they're pretty desperate. Uh, so, so it wouldn't be outside the realm of possibility. As much as you might trust me, they need it. All right, man. So I mean, I have to take your word for it. But yeah, so I think the thing that Trippier can only do at this point, and this is this is kind of what it comes to in all sports. Like I mean, in any sport that we ever ever talk about when a player goes through a scandal like this. And, and I mean, this like I said, this goes to issues like with NFL players with domestic violence issues, um, players with drug issues, players or a whole, a whole team that has a, a giant cheating scandal. Um, in those things, like to me, and this is something I also can also be implied in life. Redemption isn't necessarily something that everybody will get. You know, not you won't get that from everybody. You won't be fully redeemed. No one ever gets fully redeemed. Um, but the thing that really matters is to the people that matters the most. And I know this sounds how, how what does this have to do with sports? But it just as long as Trippier can get with the people that fully will believe in him, that they know that he's going to change, that he's not he's not going to be the guy from the betting scandal. Like he's going to improve and get better. And as long as they have a club, some sort of support that believes that this guy has changed. That's all that really matters. So, I mean, he's going to hear it from everywhere. He's going to hear it from the headline. They're going to bring this back multiple times in his in his lifespan. Um, and the question is going to be with your peers to, I wouldn't say ignore it because it's obviously going to be difficult for him to ignore that, especially when you're going to see headlines every single day about this. And maybe they'll, like I said, they're gonna they're gonna rehash it and uh, you know remind everybody. Hey, remember tripping the bank the bank scandal. Um, the question would be is can he move on from it and have the right support? And maybe Manu is that support. If if obviously we're speaking of rumors, but I think redemption is something that's not necessarily easily attainable if people make a scene. Yeah, I agree with you. Man. I mean, coming back from this scandal into electrical like Trippier, do you think? All the fans are still going to look at him the same, or they're going to look at him like, man, you scumbag. Or even if he plays like a couple of games, he plays good. Do you think they're still going to give him that same respect? Because because there's some fans that they they have a little bit of a high morality standard. I so, just I don't think I don't I just never ever I've never put uh, high morals in, in with Atletico Madrid ever. <laughs> <laughs> um, so I don't necessarily think they care too much. Um, I think. I mean, and also this is kind of the irony of, of sports. People tend to forget what players have done if they produce wins. Um, and, and so I think if Trippier is, goes out there and he's, he's Trippier, um, yeah. I think people will forget about 
I mean, remember Frank Lampard did no, not Frank Lampard. Um, John Terry did what he John did, and he's, and he's and he was the captain of Chelsea for many years. So, bro, Ryan Giggs, same thing, bro. So, like I said, people can tend to forget things when you when you perform. <laughs> so it's it's the cruel irony of sports, but but um, but yeah, that's that's honestly like I think Atletico Madrid they they probably don't care. I mean, uh, it also depends on what exactly you bet on. Did he even bet on soccer matches? Maybe, maybe he bet on something else, or maybe he, he didn't even bet anything that had to do with Atletico Madrid. But I mean, gambling is sport. I mean, it's a it's a very touchy subject. I mean, should athletes be betting? Probably not. But you know, that's a whole other discussion for a whole other day. Yeah, we'll, we'll leave it up. We'll leave it up to one of our future broadcasts. Yeah, yeah totally. So. All right, man. As it, as, it, as it keeps on rolling, as it keeps on rolling. All right, man. So this actually recently happened, and that is the messy interview. So, okay. so La Sexta, which that's that's the name of the the company, <laughs> to the interview. Um, they they interviewed uh, Lionel Messi, basically kind of covering his commitment and his future with Barcelona. Um, and I think that this was definitely. Groundbreaking because let's face it, Messi. Okay, maybe not at least recently. Messi's not necessarily very vocal. He doesn't necessarily speak his mind on things he doesn't agree with. I once again, obviously, we're not talking. Okay, not the recently he's definitely debunked that. But um, Messi has tend to always be very quiet though, um, and he actually did say that he was going to stop speaking against Barcelona after he had his his issues with the club. Um, and you know, now he has this interview that he basically just, he tells it all. Like he, he says what happens and, and his perspective on some things that happened with Barcelona and actually reveals some, some, some truth that has happened in the club. Um, and I think that this could, you could take it, you could take a lot of negative from Barcelona from, from this interview. Yeah. I mean, um, there was actually a little thing. That only right now he's still on vacation, so I think he's gonna miss the, his next match that's up and coming. He's not gonna play it because he's still on his vacation with his family. So, um, I mean, he he does. I feel like he deserves this little vacation of anything, this time away, away from the spotlight of anything. So, so in in the interview, Messi mentions this, mentions this is that he does not plan on putting in a transfer request. Um, so he is planning on finishing the season out. Like he is not going to jump ship in January. Um, which, I mean, if you're a Barcelona fan, obviously you're happy to hear that. But he does mention at the end that he, at the end of the season, he will be opting out of his contract. So he will be able to leave and be a, a free transfer for a club. Um, so I mean, this is, this is kind of, this is Messi. This is what Messi is. Like, he is, oh, he's loyal to Barcelona. He's always said how loyal he has been for Barcelona. I mean, you can't say, one, he's a Barcelona fan. But also, I mean, you gotta remember, Messi had a heart condition before, you know, his, his playing career went, you know, went down. Um, and Barcelona paid for his heart operation and for everything, for his family and everything. And he even said it himself. He's like, yo, he's like, Winning Barcelona to me, he's like, it's everything. They gave me everything, and 
I wouldn't be in because right now where I'm at, if it wasn't for Barcelona, he's like, I have love for this club. This club is like a romance. So he, he legitimately said that. And I was like, I was touched with it when I read that, you know, and I was like, this is, this is, this is legit what he's been feeling this whole time. And, and I think that's what I love about it. And this is why I love Messi, his loyalty, but the fact that he's, he's telling Barcelona, and not only to Barcelona, but to the fans that, hey, yes, I plan on leaving this club, but I'm going to give you the best six months that I can give you by finishing the season out, but I will be leaving. And I think that's, that's what Messi wants to do. And I think that's the right way to do it. I think it, Messi wants to leave on good terms. He wants to make sure that he can put Barcelona in the best place possible for when he leaves. And I think his, his, I think he's very determined. I think that Messi's going to, right now, Barcelona's in fifth place, La Liga, which is an Europa League spot. But I, be, I guarantee you, he's going to push himself, not only himself, but the club to finish finish in the top three, to finish in the prime Champions League spot so when he leaves, they're in the Champions League and he can ride the sunset knowing that he did his la- his his best for the club. Exactly. And I don't know if you noticed but in past interviews when we were talking about Messi, I actually said it. You could tell that he was like kind of already fed up with it and everything. Maybe this small break during Christmas time, he took some time to... Um, reflect on everything that's happened and everything that's been going on. He's talked to maybe his teammates, his friends, his family, and then he came back to his own conclusion of this is what's going to happen. This is what I feel. This is what I'm going to do. Now, the only thing is for him to show it on the field, which I know he will. Whenever he talks like this, it's like something opens up in him and just he just starts showing up. No, totally. I, I completely agree. And so this is this is the, the quote that everybody is getting way too excited about. But Messi mentions that he has interest in playing in the United States. He doesn't specify the league, does not specify the league. So for all we know, he wants to go play for Phoenix Rising in the USL. Or, or maybe play for, with Landon, play for Landon Donovan and San Diego Lawrence. Like, we don't know what he means. He just said that he wants to play in the United States at some point. And he specifically said at some point. He said, maybe not right now. So one day, I'll play in the United States. Once again, doesn't specify the league, just says that he's going to play in the United States. For all we know, he's going to go play a friendly in the U.S. Like so excited. (laughs) But everybody took it out of context. And there's like, oh, Messi's coming to the MLS. He's going to go play for blank this club, (laughs) which I'm obviously any MLS. Philadelphia Union fans. Messi says he wants to play for Philadelphia. Houston Dynamo fans. Hey, Messi wants to play for Houston Dynamo FC. Hey, LA Galaxy fans. Hey, LA wants to play for LA Galaxy. Like, everybody is basically going way too overboard with this ball. Did you, but don't you remember? I don't know if it was like a month ago or maybe a few months ago talking about they were welcoming, they made out memes and videos about welcoming Messi when they first said that Messi was going to get out of Barcelona. And then they start, even, even uh, players from the MLS teams were like, Hey, Messi, come play with us when you're done. And da, 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 da. like they even had shirts for him made already. I was like, what the hell? I was like, that's <laughs> I think it's kind of like one of those where like, are we just going to make, uh, it, when, when you, when you play like, uh, like schoolyard football, American football, and you have like the, the all time quarterback, which is the guy that just be playing quarterback for both teams. Oh yeah. What is Messi? Like Messi's just gonna play for both? <laughs> no, bro, and then no, not even that. But they did um 
basketball players, um, football players. They even did like, hey, Messi, come play with our team. You know, they they went along with it too. So I mean, technically, he said he was going to play in the U.S. He never mentioned he was going to play soccer. So for all we know, he's going to be the kicker for the New York Jets. Um, so <laughs> the running back or something, he run it all the way. Okay, Messi's Messi's a a, a very uh, he's a he's a vigorous play. he's a very versatile vigorous player, but I don't think he's, he's strong enough to handle the position of running back in football. <laughs> Bro, I'm telling you, like I'm telling you, when the football players posted, I cannot remember what football player posted that thing on like Instagram or Twitter, and then same thing with the basketball players. I'm like, dude, this dude is five foot something. Five foot seven. Yeah, and I'm like, and I'm like, wait, but Griezmann is about the same thing, and he's all about the basketball. Griezmann is about the same height as Messi. And- um, I think with Messi, I, I don't, I don't, I know Messi loves, I know Messi has enjoys basketball. I mean, obviously, he had a relationship with Kobe Bryant. Um, another another rough thing about that happened in 2020. But uh, Messi had a really good relationship with Kobe Bryant. But I mean, also has uh, I don't really, I don't think I've ever seen Messi with anybody else from the United States. I mean, I know when Barcelona came to the United States for their U.S. tours, you know, he they go to the NFL stadiums and he takes pictures with 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 the players and all that. But I don't, I've never seen him interact with anybody else like he did with Kobe Bryant. Yeah, um, exactly. So, and I mean, the fact that these two had a commercial together, but it was one go to another go. Yeah. So, I mean, I don't never, I've never seen Messi really interact with anybody else. Um, and like I said, I know Kobe and, and, and Messi's relationship, especially when, you know, obviously Messi sent Kobe, uh, a Kobe Bryant Barcelona jersey and then Kobe sent Messi a Los Angeles Lakers Messi jersey. Um, so I mean, I've, I've seen that relationship, but I've never seen him with, with any other athlete. I'm sure everybody follows Messi on, on, on social media, but I don't know about Messi's relationships with other athletes, like I said, aside from Kobe Bryant. Uh, I'm sure he has like a relationship with some of the Argentinian players. I mean, I'm sure uh, like the Argentinian NBA players, but um, I wouldn't know it. <laughs> yeah. But, um, yeah, I mean, uh, it'd be cool to see him here, but we'll see what happens. We'll see what happens. I mean, it just, but did you, as soon as you saw that quote, did you already know, okay, people were going to overreact to this? Oh, yeah. I already, hands down, I already knew. I already knew. I tried to calm down. I mean, I was like, all right, cool. Messi's going to one day play in the United States. Don't know when, maybe he, when he's 40. I mean, he, he said, okay, he said, maybe not right now, but one day. So, I mean, yes, he's, he's 33 right now. So, I mean, it's not necessarily like his, but he can still play in Europe. Like, he can still handle Europe. Because, I mean, the guy still has... He still this. has the handles. He still has the skill. He still has... Believe it or not, you're not 33. He still has that crazy speed and everything. His, his tenacity has grown a little bit more intense. And he still has that free kick or that outside-the-shot outside-the-box shot. So, I mean, I feel like if he were to go to the MLS, it would definitely be unfair for any team that has him. <laughs> but... Um, I mean, like I said, he said maybe not this, not maybe not now, but definitely one day he plans on going to the United States and playing there. Um, and I mean, you know, that'll be cool. I mean, I'll, I'll be excited for when that day happens, if it happens at all. And I'm sure he's going to sell out wherever he goes. But, yeah. but I mean, it's just exciting nonetheless. And I, uh, I mean, it, it, it's, it's interesting that he does mention the United States in the interview. Um, and then the thing that this is probably going to piss you off the most out of everything is um, his relationship with Jose Maria Bartomeu, the, the, the ex-president of Barcelona. 
Um, and he mentions how he has misled not only Messi, but everybody. As a matter of fact, the fact that he actually threw out um, news, like he said things that apparently making Messi look like a bad guy, like making Messi the villain, which, funny enough, I don't think anybody believed him, so he just kind of made himself look like more of an ass anyways. Um, yeah. <laughs> I mean, no one's going to believe Barcelona. Barcelona, like, no one's going to trust the guy that ruined Barcelona. Which, yeah. I, which one, I'm baffled that, it, that, that it's even possible to do that because I just thought Barcelona has been a well-run organization and everything they do is right. Not La Masea, but as soon as he took over, they just kind of... Like he just let it not, he just went away from the Barcelona way. Um, and, and I mean, you know, this is the reason why Messi has lost love for Barcelona. He's the reason why I'm sure if there was anybody that was present for Barcelona, Messi would be happy. We wouldn't even be talking about the possibility of Messi leaving Barcelona. Um, but it was Bartomeu. And I mean, it's just been the decision that he has made that Messi has had so much issues with. Yeah, that's right. It's just, I don't know, I'm an asshole here. He fucking made everything worse. And he made everybody think like Suarez was like a bad player as well. He made it think that Messi was also giving him a hard time and everything. And I was like, dude, like, I don't even blame him. I was like, I find that hard to believe. I mean, if they did that, I don't blame him. I mean, the guy's an idiot. Yeah, the guy's a dumbass. It's kind of like we said, like, you know, Bartomeu had the keys to a Ferrari and he crashed. No, he fucking he burned the clutch. <laughs> that too. Or maybe he just didn't maybe he kept he, he kept like he kept not using it right and then like he just kept burning out the engine. Yeah, exactly. Like his fucking the, the piston the pistons came out of the engine into the hood and shit and, mm-hmm. or uh, you know, he fucking burned the transmission out and everything. Like he just he just basically drove that thing to the ground until he basically couldn't anymore. But speaking of Suarez, Messi mentions the fact that he was not happy with with Suarez leaving Barcelona. But it wasn't so much it wasn't so much of losing Suarez that he didn't like. I mean, I'm sure he understands the business side uh, of the game, and obviously Suarez he's up there just like Messi is. But you know, maybe you want to look to get younger. You do have Antoine Griezmann, a player that could play that position um, that Suarez was in. And so you had a younger player who maybe had the luxury of, of being able to send out a player. Now, he wasn't necessarily against losing Suarez. What he had the issue with was losing Suarez for nothing. And this is kind of, kind of in some way, coming back to when Tucho was speaking against PSG, which was not only the fact that you let this guy walk freely and go to your rival club, but the fact that you bought out his contract. You gave him money to leave. Yeah, exactly. And so Messi, the thing that he didn't like out of it wasn't so much the fact that he lost his friend Suarez, which I mean, I'm sure he also wasn't a fan of that, but the fact that they got nothing in return for it. If anything, they lost more than they gained when letting Suarez walk. And Suarez is a player that you can still get some money for. Once again, I know that even though I know, I know uh, Spencer doesn't like the idea of us talking about selling human beings, but. That's how, that's how the game works. <laughs> we're not talking about signing for bad stuff, Spence. Uh, we're, not, we're, not, we're not speaking we're on that. They're getting paid. They're getting paid a 
If, <laughs> if you're worried about their salary, trust me, bro. They make more than me and Hector and you combined. I think Ma- Messi's wages at one point was a million. <laughs> oh, God, yeah. Dude. Oh, <laughs> but anyways, so, and I mean, I agree with it. How, you know, as far as even though he's aging, he still has value into it. So, if I, I feel like if you were to put that you're, you're open to hearing out offers for Suarez, you would have gotten some money for him. You would have gotten it, uh, some a good transfer, uh, a good transfer fee for him. Um, and so I think that's what what, what, what Bartomeu messed up big time. And the fact that the board went with it, I'm sure they could have argued with it or anything like that. But they didn't, and they let him walk, and now he's killing it over in Atletico Madrid, um, which apparently uh, Costa actually wants to uh, uh, leave Atletico Madrid. Which I mean, we can take that for which one. I don't think that's necessarily a big loss for them. But no, um, now when you have Suarez, now when you have Suarez, and I think that's where Messi had a problem. Now, like I mean, obviously, I'm sure he wasn't fond of the idea of losing his friend, but knowing the business side of the game, knew that you should at least get something for him. So even Messi has common sense, which now we know, which, I mean, I don't think that's shocking news to anybody. <laughs> um, but as, despite all those things, man, Messi actually ends up saying that he actually still feels good and is ready to fight for Barcelona despite all the issues that has happened this season with them. Um, and this kind of, like I said, goes back to the whole fact that we... We know who Messi is, and this is going to be a guy that he's still loyal to Barcelona. He's still loyal to the club. He still he owes his club more than anything else in the world. I think that obviously, like he loves Barcelona, like he loves the city of Barcelona. Like this is a place where he wants to retire and hopefully one day be able to be has a role in Barcelona, whether that's a manager or president or has some sort of position where he gets to help Barcelona continue their legacy. Yeah, exactly, and so. Um, and, and, you know, maybe some people are like, oh, what's his relationship like with Coleman? And actually, he says, Messi actually says he, he actually likes Coleman. He thinks Coleman is actually a really good manager. So he actually gave Coleman his stamp of approval, thinking that this is the right guy for Barcelona. So, I mean, when he does that, what make, how do you feel with that? I mean, I, I, if, if Messi likes him, then I like him. Like, if Messi's cool with him, then, of course, you know, I'm cool with him, too. And then also, obviously, he also mentions his relationship with Guardiola. Um, he even kind of debunked the rumors of him going to Man City. He said that, um, that, you know, he just, he likes talking to Guardiola, but yet he's a good soccer mind. Um, and then when, when asked, like, oh, you know, we never talked about the possibility of working together again. Like, he just, they just talked about the game. Like, he loved, uh, Guardiola's preparation for matches. And so I guess that's one of the things that he just like, like talking to him about. Um, and then he actually mentions that um, even though he loves Pep Guardiola, he actually said that the better manager was Luis Enrique, um, which, uh, I mean, that's an interesting, interesting... I mean, I'm not saying Luis Enrique was bad. I think he did a really good job taking over um, in his in his regime of Barcelona. Mm-hmm. But, um, but yeah, Messi spoke even higher of Luis Enrique. I mean, that's not a bad manager. Luis Enrique was a phenomenal manager for Barcelona. Um, yeah. I, but I just think if you speak of Barcelona managers, you obviously talk about Pep. Um, but I mean, like I said, Messi, you know, he speaks highly of Barcelona. He, he, he wishes no ill will on the club and he wants to finish it out strong for them. And because, you know, he, he wants to, he wants to end things on good terms. And I think that's the best way to describe what Messi's goal is 
for, for this second half of the season is that he wants to end this on the best terms as possible. And I mean, the thing to take it from all, from all this at the end of it all is that Messi's just done. Messi is, is his time with Barcelona is just done. Like, I don't think it's a negative thing to say that, but Messi's just done with Barcelona. I think yeah. like he is run his course and he's just ready to take on the next challenge. Yeah, it's not even about like, oh, I'm done with this club. I'm done with soccer altogether. And this is basically, I'm leaving this club because I'm pissed off at them. It's more of like, I'm, I'm done with Barcelona. I want to see what's out here. I want to see a new challenge. I want to see if I can do something at this other league, maybe, or other team, anything. But, uh, I mean, hey, everybody has to leave. I mean, look at Cristiano. He left Manu. Look at, look at him. He left Real Madrid and, it's a possibility that he may leave Juventus. Who knows? Who knows? You know, that's the thing about the sport. It's like all the players that you think are amazing, they'll go ahead and move on to a whole different league and test out their skills, and you'll get to see how their skills manage in the new team. That's true. Um, I mean, I'm just excited to see what, what, what Messi's going to do. I mean, obviously, I feel like this is a very uh, LeBron James-esque, even though LeBron... I think if you were to compare... Goats to, of other sports. I definitely would say uh, Cristiano Ronaldo is LeBron. The fact that he did go from club to club, but had success in multiple in multiple clubs. Um, yeah. I feel like there's very it's very LeBron James esque uh, with Cristiano Ronaldo, and then Messi. I don't want to say Michael. I don't want to say Michael Jordan. I mean, <laughs> I think it's fitting to say Kobe Bryant. Honestly, I mean Kobe Bryant. You know, his whole career has been with, with the Lakers. He's he never played for any other team. Um, you could make an argument for Michael Jordan, but he did end up coming out of retirement and go play for the Washington Wizards. Yep. Okay, maybe, you know what, now in this session. And, and, and he even went with, uh, he even tried baseball for a bit. Played with the B team. Oh, for, uh, for the Chicago White Sox? Yeah. Uh, you know what? Actually, I want to say Kobe just because Kobe was, has been loyal for, for one team for many years. But with the fact that Messi will be leaving Barcelona at the end of the season, I guess you have to say Michael Jordan. I mean, you know, who's going to be his Washington Wizards? I guess that's going to be the next question. Um, well, there's still, let's put, it, let's put it this way. There's still six months in the season um, or five months in the season. So, I mean, you never know. Something might change around and Unbanned, and we'll see what happens. Okay, so, so if, if Messi stays with Barcelona, we'll say he's Kobe. But if Messi <laughs> plans on leaving, uh, if he does end up going through with his plan and leaving Barcelona at the end of the season, um, well, then he's he's really he really is Michael Jordan of soccer. <laughs> so I think that's fair, fair to say, right? Fair to say. Fair to say. Uh, Spencer, if you get to this part of the of the episode, make sure you send us a goat uh, emoji. <laughs> so we know that you're here. <laughs> he has he has not he has not done that, but we still love him. <laughs> Alright man, so are you tired of cable? Well we are too, and that is why we want to tell you about Fubo TV. Fubo TV is a streaming service that provides over a hundred channels and without the hassle of a cable contract. If you actually go to our link tree on Instagram, you can click on that link on the Football TV and our link tree and it link and Football TV will hook you up with a seven day free trial. And you're going to try that seven day free trial. And I guarantee you're going to want to stay with Football TV 
And I'm sure you guys are like, oh, Hector, you're just hyping up Google TV because they're partners with Unhinged Sports and Insert Name FC. Well, you're right. But as a matter of fact, I'm also you a customer. Have. Yeah, you have Google TV. I've had Google TV for years, for years now. So I'm very happy with them. I love their service. Um, yeah, it's just, it's just, it's so much, it's so much easy. You don't have the, the ridiculous cable contract that seems impossible to get out of. Um, it's just convenient streaming service. If you don't want, if, if you just one day decide that, hey man, I just don't want to have a hundred channels to watch. Um, I can just easily end my, end my contract and my, and my subscription with Google TV and that's it. But you know what? I don't because I love my service with Google TV. Nice, nice. All right, man. So we got some games to recap. Edward, what is your game to recap? Well, my game to recap is uh, the only reason why I recap it is because it came to me as a surprise. It's uh, Liverpool Drew with West Brom, which I'm like, what? Like, it just threw me off. It was a 1 1 game. That is crazy to hear, especially with West Brom being where they're at in the relegation zone. Oh, yeah, bro. That's what I'm saying. I was like, I, maybe, I'm like thinking maybe they can't. It's like, okay, we're going to go on Christmas break. Or we're just not going to care right now about this shit or something. But, fuck, man. Like, hell. <laughs> no, yeah. It, it, it was very shocking. Uh, this was definitely like, it caught everybody's attention. Um, especially when you think of Liverpool, and this is kind of that where we talk about where Liverpool is the standard right now in, in English Premier League. And the reason why is obviously because they're a slash year's champion. Um, yeah. and obviously they're also looking really good. They're looking to, they're still, they look pretty strong for Champions League. They look strong for the EPL. Um, I'm sure they're still in it for a lot of the tournaments. I know not the Carabao Cup because Arsenal eliminated them, <laughs> which they got eliminated by Man City. But, um, yeah, it's crazy to think that a team like West Brom was able to not yeah. able to steal two points from from Arsenal because I feel like this isn't a game where Arsenal could be like, oh, well, we, we just you know we split a point a point apiece. Yeah, yeah. It was a game where dang, we lost we lost two points today. We should have won this game. We should have had our three points. And yeah, because and I'm West like, Brom and West Brom stole two points away from us. Yeah, because. I, I, I feel like they should have won because Liverpool had 78 percent. 78. That's 80%. That's, that's a shitload of possession, bro. And that, that's what I'm like thinking. Okay. I guess they played conservatively. They kept them back a little bit. Maybe they played with the goal or something. No, they didn't because Liverpool outshot them 17 to five. Bro, it's like if, if you didn't even look at the score, if you just don't look at the score and you just look at those stats, you would just be like, well, okay, Liverpool handled it this and they blew out another team. Uh, but it wasn't, that wasn't the case. It was just, it wasn't, I don't know what happened. Maybe, maybe Liverpool was tired from, maybe they're just not in, in sync right now with, with the whole, you know, obviously the whole Christmas thing. And maybe that's something that Retail may, maybe needs to reconsider. And it's not so much of playing on box today, but it's the fact that you play on Boxing Day, and then literally like two to three days later, you have another match coming up. Um, and not only that, but I mean, some of these guys had to play in the Carabao Cup not that long ago either. So it's a lot. That's a lot of games, and that's a lot of, you know, that's not a lot of time to rest and prepare for the next match. Um, so maybe this is, maybe this is kind of like evidence of why the EPL maybe needs to learn to ease up, especially near these, this period at least. Yeah, I agree. I agree with you on that one, bro. 
But yeah, so I mean, yeah, um, you know, props to West Brom, they stayed in it. I mean, I guess that's the only thing you can really say, even though you can't really say they stayed in it much because they hardly had the ball. <laughs> and the thing is, Liverpool had the lead for a long time, and Semi Ajadmi. Equalizer. Yeah, he scored the equalizer on the 82nd minute, so it wasn't even like, oh, it was a close match or anything. Liverpool basically had the whole advantage all up, all up until the end. Yeah, I mean, that's the thing about, about this game. It's any given, any, any given game. Any given game. Yeah, man. Eight, minute, eight minutes left to the, to the end of the game, plus whatever stoppage time. I mean, you would think, okay, if they have a position all the time, they're not going to let themselves get scored on, but here we are. Yeah, that's crazy. I mean, but, like it, this has to, this, for Liverpool and Liverpool fans, I mean, I, I feel like they have to say that they lost two points today. Well, at least that day. Not today, but that yeah. day. And, uh, well, I was going to ask you, what's your uh, game to recap? I'm glad you asked. So, uh, here we go. You did warn us about this guy. Arsenal beat Chelsea 3-1. And I am so happy with this win. Not only the fact that they beat a rival in Chelsea, but this was a good game. This is a game that they needed. They needed a spark. This is something I've said for a long time that they needed something to spark, get that seven-game winless streak, you know, snap that and get back on the winning side to get back at least to the top half of the table. And I think this is the match to do it. And the, the other thing I love about this match is the fact that they did this with their young players. You, you saw Saka. You saw Martinelli. You saw... Uh, Emmett Smith, well, you saw the young players come in and step up in this game. You saw players, different players than what you normally see. You saw Pablo Mari. You saw, um, Bellerin. Actually, Bellerin was the captain for this game. Um, you saw players, different players stepping up. And I think this was the, this was a game that, the, that at least the older players needed to see. Like, hey, man, these young guys want it. They're hungry. They want to win games. They want to do it because obviously they're, they're Arsenal fans. Like these guys grew up watching Arsenal play, and then they got to be in the academy, and now they're playing for the first team. So they're hungry, and this should spark something from the, for the older players now. To, the guys that are supposed to be the veterans, the seasoned players, to be like, hey, man, these guys are stepping up. We need to step up too. And I think that this was a great win for Arsenal. And against Chelsea, who, okay, maybe haven't had the best of run form lately, but still Chelsea, a team that looks really good, very promising team. Now, there has been some issues. I mean, Kai Havertz hasn't necessarily lived up to what he was supposed to be here. And then Timo Werner has had a drought of old for nine games now. Um, so there's been a lot of struggles with Chelsea. And I mean, you can say, okay, they took advantage of a struggling Chelsea team, but it's still Chelsea nonetheless. Um, and, and I think even though Chelsea had possession, 61% of the, of the possession of the game was on Chelsea's side. So you definitely can't say that, you know, Chelsea didn't have the chances. And um, as a matter of fact, Chelsea also outshot Arsenal 19 to 15. So the opportunities were there. They had chances to at least get either even in this game or get the win. And they didn't have, didn't have it. As a matter of fact, Christian Pulisic was actually rated the best player in that game as far as their rating system. I believe. Yeah, I, like was, a, <clears throat> I was about to ask you that. I was like, I know Pulisic played that game. Yeah, he was the best player in that game, but unfortunately, he was not in the best team that day. <laughs> um, but like I said, this snaps a seven-game Premier League winless streak for Arsenal. 
And I think this is this is the game to do it. I mean, obviously, you beat a rival. You beat you beat them with with your young, promising players. Uh, three goals, man. You know, you had a penalty from Lacazette, which Tierney was able. It's a questionable penalty. I think it was a soft penalty, but it, uh, I mean, it could have gone either way. But the the ref called it a penalty. Lacazette scores a goal off penalty, which. Mind you, I get it that I've been compla- complaining about Arsenal not being able to score goals in open play, but you know what? Right now, I'm not. You know, <laughs> beggars can't be choosers right now, so I'm taking the goal. And then the second goal. Okay, why not? <laughs> yes, at this point, the second goal, a free kick from Jacques. And I, I'm sure people are going to be like, "Are you going to say that Jacques has been himself?" No, I'm not going to do that. Um, because you never like Shaka anyway. This is typical Shaka. This is Jacques. I've seen this Shaka before. He always does this. He has a rough stretch of games where he's like, man, this guy's a bum. I don't like him. Blah, blah, blah. You know, all that stuff. And then he comes out with a spectacular big goal and everybody's like, oh, he has redeemed himself. And mind you, I have fallen for this plenty of times now with Shaka, but I'm holding, I'm staying with Shaka in the Um, I'm still riding on that train because this is this is typical Jaka. Watch next game; he's gonna get a red card. So don't be surprised by this. Thank you for the goal, Jaka. I'll give you props for the goal. It was a beautiful goal. I mean, free kick goals. Yes, once again, it's not off open play, but a free kick goal. Amazing. Uh, so, so, so for our listeners, you guys heard this now. Hector already said that he's gonna get a red card next game. So we are just gonna have to wait and see on that one, and then we'll talk about it as well if he manages to get a red card or not. Eventually, he'll get a red card. That's what I'm saying. I mean, eventually, he's going to do something stupid. Eventually, he's going to do something stupid. Um, but, anyways, sticking, getting back with it. Um, like I said, man, great goal by Jaka. Obviously, a free kick, even though once again, it's not open play, but it's a free kick. I mean, no one's going to say no to a free kick goal. Um, so, that was a great goal. But the goal that really got me excited was Saka's goal. And I mean, that thing was so beautiful that Eduardo Mendy, the goalkeeper for Chelsea, because it's no longer Kepa, uh, he, he couldn't, like, obviously he knew he wasn't going to get it. And he was just in awe of what that goal was. It was a beauty of a goal. And this is why I love Saka. You, you've heard me speak highly of Saka already. I think he's going to have so much potential, not only for Arsenal, but for the English national team. And I mean, the kid's constantly showing his work. There's a reason why they gave him the number seven shirt, even though there has no significant meaning. And Arsenal, the number seven shirt, but the fact that they gave him a number of a, of, of a, a good player, a position player that would normally be a regular player, but that's why they they are so high on Saka. Saka is so versatile. Not only can he play on the wing, but he can also play in the midfield. Can even play fullback for you if you need it. Um, but Saka, I think, has has been telling the fans that he's not happy with the results either. He wants things to get better. And like I said, to do this with your young players, to do this with Saka, to do this with Smith Rowe. To do this with um, uh, with Martinelli, you're doing this with your young players, the guys that are hungry and want to play. Yes, they don't have the experience, but they're showing some fight. They're showing some spark. And I think that's going to help for the seasoned players, the players that you expect to perform well, to get out of this rut and, and rally behind these young group of players. Exactly. <clears throat> so I'm happy with this. Hopefully they can build from this win. Obviously, the big question is what can you do next week, the next game? I believe they're going up against Burnley, so should be an easy game. But, you know, you never know with Arsenal. So I think that if they can continue their form and they can, and they can build off of this, Arsenal will at least be in the top half of the game. I'm not going to sit here and tell you they're going to 
finishing the Champions League spot, even though my, my, my before the season start prediction was that they were going to make it to the Champions League, which it still can happen. We just got to win the Europa League, <laughs> but um, it's going to really be deciding. It's going to all come into what is Arsenal going to do from here? Are they going to build from this? What What is the message that they're going to send to the Arsenal fans after a win like this? Yeah, I mean, yeah, exactly. <clears throat> we'll see, we'll see. I mean, I know you're rushing, you're making it better for them, or you're you're rooting for them. It's pretty cool. And, and mind you, I know that I said that I was going to overhype Arsenal. I understand that they're not in a prime position. They're still in this in place, but it's just this was a much needed win. This was a win that they really needed to have, and and I'm glad they got it. Could this be the beginning of a good season? I sure hope so. Could this be the beginning of the season that they actually need? So the second half is basically starting. Maybe this is their first win, and then they're just going to keep it up now? I sure hope so, man. I sure hope so. Um, but yeah, so let's now go. So we couldn't preview this game because, like I said, we record these episodes on Monday, and then these episodes drop on Thursday. So you guys have some sort of reference as to how we do things here. And... <laughs> We couldn't necessarily preview the CONCACAF Champions League because by the time the CONCACAF Champions League happened, it would already happen by the time the episode dropped. So, so we just decided we're just going to pre, we're going to recap the game, even though it's already been uh, almost a week since their game. But CONCACAF Champions League, man. Tigers beats LAFC 2 to 1. Oh shit. Yeah. I remember that. <laughs> and this was such a good game, though. I loved every bit of it. It was so good. It was, it was literally, you felt like it was the two best teams in this tournament. So to kind of build some perspective into it, Tigres has yet to have won a CONCACAF Champions League. Um, that's something that has been haunting Tigres for years, is the fact that they have yet to have been able to win continental awards, I guess, if you, if you want to use that phrase. Um, and then you have LAFC. Now, the MLS has yet to have won a CONCACAF Champions League. As a matter of fact, the last, since, since the start of the CONCACAF, at least this current format of the CONCACAF Champions League, it's been nothing but Liga MX teams. So you've had America win it, you've had Leon win it, you've had Monterrey. Monterrey has been the most successful team to win it. Um, and then you've, you've even had Atlante win it. So, very dominated by Mexican clubs right now for, for the CONCACAF Champions League. So Tigres has yet to have gotten some, some silverware from this tournament. And, and so you have two teams. And then uh, obviously in the major league soccer side is just the fact that they have yet to have anybody has won it yet. So at this point, you have a lot of MLS supporters supporting the MLS team just because they're the MLS team. Because obviously, like we've said it with Andrew, you can, if they can beat a Liga MX team in the CONCACAF Champions League, it's going to put them in a prime position to be taken seriously. The league will be taken more seriously if they're able to do that. And, you know, they just wins it. They are clearly, they just, they were just a better team. I mean, um, I mean, it was a close game, though. They just had 54% of the possession and they outshot, uh, LAFC 11, 11 to 10. But even then, that's not necessarily like a huge margin. But the thing I wanted to highlight from the shots, though, they just had five shots on target. To LAFC's one, and obviously the one that LAFC had was really a goal, which was a beautiful goal by uh, it was a beautiful goal, but uh, by Diego Rossi. But even though LAFC had a lot of opportunities, they were moving the ball pretty well, especially when they're the problem was they just weren't finishing them. 
And, and uh, clearly, when you only have one shot on target. But if they would have finished, because they had some very prime opportunities to really solidify this game. And, I mean, they were the ones who scored first. But, I mean, when you have a team like Davis, you can't count them out, especially when they who they have up front while you um, as a matter of fact, was, was the winner of the Golden Boot and I believe was the best player of the tournament as well. Um, so, I mean, you can't count that guy out. And, I mean, you know, he scores the game winner. I mean, D Knight did his thing and, and you kind of expected him to do that. You know, they were going to, if you, if he had his, his opportunity, he was going to take it and he took it and scored a goal. So, um, Davis win, finally wins their, uh, Concap Champions League, which I thought was hilarious was when they interviewed D Knight, which I think D Knight, you could say is Mexican now. Yeah, pretty much. Um, have you seen his, uh, his, I think it was his Instagram, where they were like, Orale, and, and something, I forgot what it was, and then he goes, Orale, way. And he's like, I was like, what? So, in the interview, um, <laughs> uh, Geekback was like, uh, <laughs> and so for those that don't speak Spanish, uh, we finally won this, this fucking trophy. <laughs> so, and, and so it was just perfect. I mean, they just, like I said, they look like the better team. Um, I mean, props to LAFC. The fact that they had to beat, they had to take on three straight League MX teams to get to the final. They beat America, they beat Cruz Azul, they beat, uh, I forgot the third team. I think it was the only one. Um, but they, they had, they had quite the journey to come up here and get to the final. And I mean, unfortunately, they just couldn't beat the fourth League MX team. Um, but I think they had a great run. I think LAFC is one of those teams that a lot of MLS fans feel that they could be that team to win it. And I think, you know, when you think of the MLS teams that could possibly win the CONCACAF Champions League, you think of LAFC, um, depending on what Gabriel Hines does with, um, with Atlanta United, but Atlanta United, you still could be that club as well. Um, maybe Columbus crew can do it. I mean, especially with Caleb Porter now as their manager. And depending what they do, especially now with they with Lucas Zella Ryan. Um, but you know, you, you it's like you're almost there. You're missing something, but you're almost there. I think you can take it if you're an LAFC. If this is an MLS fan, you know, you're you're not that far off from it. You're just you're just missing something. Yeah, just just a little something, but oh no, I think it's they're a decent team. They're 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 a good team. But yeah, so congratulations to Tigres. They won the El Pinche Trophy. So. John Pierre's enough. Yeah. That guy, man, I feel like he, Tigres is, Tigres is such a different team from the other Liga MX teams. Obviously they, they just seem to, they, they find players. And, and I, it's, it was so random when we have decided to, to come play for Tigres. And it has been nothing but just the best move I think he's ever made. Um, as a matter of fact, when he was speaking in Spanish, I felt like he was talking like as if he was Mexican. So he already has the Mexico accent. Um, I guess specifically Monterrey, but. The thing is, like, he used to be a starter for the French national team. Mm-hmm. Back in, like, from 09 to 2016. And then after that, you know, that was how he moved from Marcel to Tigres. No, yeah, I completely agree. But I think he made, he definitely made a, he took a big risk. Like, obviously, I think at that point he knew that he was probably not going to be the starting, uh, forward for the French national team. 
and sure. he just wanted a different venture and chose Mexico um, to of all places. And yeah, I think he's found a lot of success. I think he's he's now a legend in Mexico. <laughs> um, oh, yeah. And I mean, you know, not only now he's won he's won a Liga MX trophy, um, and he wins the Concacaf Champions League. Um, not only that, but he also won the Golden Boot and, and the Best Player Award for Concacaf Champions League. So I mean, clearly the man made the the best decision for him. And I, yeah. I, I, I mean, feels like he he's at least putting the Liga MX on at least in in the the eyes of. I mean, if you if you're from France and you never watched Liga MX, I'm sure you're watching it now because being next. Yeah, like, uh, Andre Pirelli, yeah, he's, he's, uh, he's a pretty, he's a cold-blooded, like, it was so funny because at times you would see him and him and Messi looked almost exactly the same because of the beard and the haircut. So I, I don't know about, not so much now because I know he has, like, no, he, has some, he has some gray now in him. Yeah, no, not right now, but, like, uh, maybe a couple of years ago, they, uh, when Messi basically, he didn't have the highlights on. And like, uh, he had the beard and then he looked at Gignac and they have like the same facial structure and everything. So I was like, maybe he's like a taller Messi. Messi. Yeah. Me, I was like, maybe they consider him the Messi of those students. Maybe <laughs> he, he'd be doing some plays. He'd be doing some plays. No, he's, he's everything that you want for a forward. I mean, he's a, he's a solid number nine. Uh, for sure. I think that's what he, I think if you wanted to figure out what a number nine is supposed to look like. Or play like his numbers are, his, his numbers are ten. <laughs> yeah, know, but he's a, he's a number nine. He's literally, he legit is a number nine, but his numbers are ten. Yeah, I mean, like that's a number nine. That's what a number nine is supposed to look like. That's how a number nine is supposed to play. Like that. That's it. That's the prototype right there. But yeah, so congratulations to Dignac and Tigres for winning the Concacaf Champions League, their first Concacaf Champions League. They finally did it. Um, and so congratulations to them. Yeah, congrats, congrats, Tigres. All right, Edward, who is your player of the week? All right. Well, my player of the week is going to come as a, as a surprise to some people, but uh, it's actually a Tottenham player. And it's uh, Tanguri and Dombele. He basically scored on the first minute, on the first minute, off of a corner kick. It was a, the corner kick went. They got deflected and then they got sent out outside the box. And this dude just goes and bangs it in, bro. I was like, what? It was like, you know, the corner kick happened in like 50 a second. And like 53 seconds in 56. And then he shot it at the 58, 59 seconds. So it counts at the one minute goal. I was like, man. I was like, that was impressive. That was impressive as hell. I was like, that's crazy. I, I like, I love that goal. That goal was amazing to me. It was a great goal, but unfortunately, did not win anything because, because they, <laughs> end up, draw. they end up drawing the Yeah, I know, I know. But great um, goal, great goal nonetheless. Great goal, yeah. That's where he was my player of the week. Alright, man, so my player of the week is and I'm going to the English Championship. Oh, uh, shit. Uh, and this is Sergei Kanos, who scores a hat-trick in Brentford's 3-2 win against Cardiff City. Um, it, I don't know if you got a chance to watch the highlights, man, but all three of his goals were a thing of beauty. I, I think each one was better than the next one. Um, but I mean, obviously he scores, gets a hat trick, but not only that, gets, scores the goals to win the game. I mean, he's the reason why they won. Um, especially for Brentford as they're, as they're fighting to get promoted to the English Premier League, uh, right now, which I believe they're currently in fourth place. So they're going to be in that, that playoff tournament, um, for the, for, 
to qualify for, for the Premier League. But I mean, you know, obviously he's definitely a big part of, of Brentford in order to, for them to get promoted. And I think, you know, he definitely wants to get promoted to the Premier League by the way he played right now. Oh, okay. So I'm guessing you didn't watch the highlights. No, I didn't get to watch them. Okay, well, whenever you get a chance, and also same thing to you guys, the listeners, we just watch, just look at the highlights of Brantford versus Cardiff City. I guarantee you, you're gonna like every single goal that Sergey scores. It was, like I said, they're all things of beauty, well placed, everything, everything that you want from a goal. I'll check them out. I'll check them out, and, and I'll say it on the next podcast. Like you know, hey, these are were awesome goals, or you know, be like, yeah, hey, you overhyped it a little bit, or. <laughs> So I just, you know, I'll, I'll check them out later. Um, yeah, just, uh, <clears throat> with this, with this whole thing. Sometimes, I mean, you already know, I wasn't feeling myself too much these past few days. So, but yeah. But, so, uh, so congratulations to Ndombele and Thanos for being players of the Yeah. And this is also the first player that we ever had that played in the second division <laughs> to, to right? get player of the week. So true. All right, man. So we got a game preview that we're, all right. All right, man. So the game that we're previewing. All right. So there are game, other games going on this week, but it's, there's not necessarily a sexy matchup like this one. Um, I mean, I'm sure we could have just picked a random, other two other random games, but you know what? We're going to obviously look at the league table and I think that's going to take a big chunk of our time. So to kind of help us out with some time management, we're only going to preview one game, but I think this is a game to preview for sure. And that is. Chelsea versus Manchester City. Oh shit! That's actually that sounds like a good game. That sounds like a like a damn good game. So to give you some some perspective, Man City has won three of their last five games against Chelsea. Now one of those three wins was actually a draw, but obviously they won in penalties because it was a Carabao Cup match. Um, but Man City has had. Majority of the success in these games. I mean, it's three to two, so I mean, you can take it for what you want. But this year, Chelsea has scored thirty goals this season, and, and I know I said I said some things about Chelsea about how Timo Werner hasn't necessarily been living up to the expectations that everyone's had, and also, you know, obviously uh, Kai Havertz hasn't necessarily looked as good as we thought he was going to look. I mean, he's still Kai Havertz; like he's still a good player. He's still Kai Havertz, bro, but, but he, he hasn't looked. He hasn't looked like he did in uh in the German league. Exactly. So I mean, obviously that could just be the pressure of the Premier League. Maybe he just needs some time to, to you know get adjusted to the league and all that. But they haven't been living up. And I mean, it, you know, obviously when you you put so much money into these into these two, and you know you're not getting the results that you want, even though you're still winning games. Um, which okay, I'm just gonna say this. I thought getting Timo Werner for Chelsea was not necessarily. A smart idea. I thought that they had their player in Tammy Abraham already. Um, but obviously clearly they didn't. <laughs> but, um, but I mean, if you compare Tammy Abraham to Timo Werner, I think Tammy Abraham is probably edging out right now. Um, yeah. but aside from that, I mean, obviously still you gotta, what, what, what is believed to be a generational talent in Timo Werner. Um, so, I mean, it, there's still time. I mean, he's still, like, like I said, with Kai Havertz, he still needs to get adjusted to the league. It's, it's different from the Bundesliga. So, I mean, it, there's, there's some, there's an, there's an adjustment period for you guys. Um, I mean, now, for now, Kai Havertz can actually 
he can he can coast a little bit on the on that solo goal that he did a, a couple of weeks ago or a few weeks ago. Mm-hmm. I mean, he can coast through it right now for now. But once the league starts over again, you know, we're going to expect to see a lot more of him, a lot more of Tino Werner. And I want to say Timo Werner is, he is a, uh, exceptional striker. He is a, a name to have on the roster that, you know, it does give you some chills if you're the opposing team. But like you, you would call it a sexy signing, you know, yeah, mm-hmm. he's, he's, he's a name. He's a name. So it would, it would be, um, a striker that he does strike fear. I'm pretty sure in defenders and goalkeepers, but at the same time, it's like, he hasn't really shown it, so maybe some some uh, other teams are maybe overpowering him with like two on him at the same time. He does have speed. He does have that turn, that turn he does, but still not showing up. So he may have to step it up, try to try to change his gameplay just a little bit, just tweak it a little bit, maybe work on something. I don't know. But he, he's a good he's a good player. I'm not giving him that. I'm not, I'm not giving him any shit. But he's he's a good player. Uh, we just kind of need to see him a little bit more out there. If anything, no, I completely agree. I, I'm not saying that Timo Werner is bad. I don't. Think, I hope no one no, takes that. No, no one takes that from me. But I think he's just not living up to what we would hope that he would be. His hype, yeah, exactly. Patient. I mean, this is also the future of Germany. Um, yeah, basically. Um, actually, I think he's currently the starting forward for Germany. I, I can't be, I don't, I'm not entirely sure on it, but I it wouldn't shock me if he was. Um, cause I can't really think of any forwards right now. I mean, I guess if you count Mueller, um, as a forward, but, um, but anyways, kind of sticking with, uh, but also, so like I said, Chelsea has scored 30 goals. So they're not, they're not bad. I mean, they're, they're producing, they're being very offensive, but they have a big challenge ahead of them because Man City is only about 12 goals this season. And, you know, obviously, I think the question for this is obviously you have a team that moves the ball pretty efficiently, scores goals, um, all of that. And then you have a team that stays very disciplined, very well structured. And then you look at the managers, you look at Frank Lampard versus Pep Guardiola. Frank Lampard still kind of learning as he goes as being a manager. And then you have Pep Guardiola, who's Pep Guardiola. I mean, what else is there to say about the manager if it hasn't been sent already? Um, Pep Guardiola is one of the best managers in the world, in my opinion. I think it's it's very safe to say uh, for that. And I mean, there's a reason why Man City has had so much success in recent years since Pep Guardiola has taken over. Yeah, exactly. So, I mean, who who do we have to worry about? Like, who who in Man City is basically the one to look at? We already said Timo Warner, Kai Havertz for Chelsea, but oh. who would be the one to look at in Man City? I mean, you always have them. Want to know what's go- what Raheem Sterling is going to do? I think yeah. that's a name that you always got to keep an eye on. But Bernardo Silva, uh, who they're going to have up front? Is it going to be Gabi Jesus? Is it going to be Conaguero? Um, Ferran Torres is. What are we going to see? Ferran Torres, uh, like at least attack wise, it is stacked for Man City. And I mean, obviously, Man City has the oil money and all of that. <laughs> <laughs> But it's going to be interesting to see. And I think, all right, so, I mean, up top forwards, we'll say, all right, the matchup is what, Gabi Jesus or Kun Aguero versus Timo Werner. Who do you want to put it for versus Timo Werner? Mm, I don't know. Kun Aguero has been playing a lot on uh, 
on on the computer. So, all right. So Kunagoda versus Timo Werner. I feel like I have to give it to Kunagoda. I mean, he has the experience, he has the eye, he yes. has the pace. Um, and I, like I said, Timo Werner has just been struggling. Has gone like to a, has a rough stretch of nine matches already. Um, I mean, Kunagoda is just to me is the same bet, right? Yeah. All right. On the wingers, um, Raheem Sterling. Um, what do you want to say? Bernardo, uh, Bernardo Silva on the other end. All right, Bernardo Silva, and then yeah, on the other end you have Christian Pulisic, Zayek, maybe Hakim Zayek. Yeah. All right, so from from those the, the, the winger position, who do you what do you like? Which one do you like? Do you prefer? Mm, you know what? Zayek, Zayek and Pulisic. Mm, Zayek and Pulisic. Yeah. I have to go with you, man. I mean, this might be a little bit biased because we're both Americans, but they do tend to look better when Pulisic is on the field. I'm just going to yeah, put that out there. Do. So, um, and, and there's nothing against uh, Raheem Sterling and and, uh, and Bernardo Silva, but I mean, those those guys are pretty talented as well, but I think it's because of the speed that, that Zayek and, and Pulisic have as well. I think that's a big factor. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I agree with you on that one, bro. All right. So in the midfield, now midfield can, can go a plethora of ways, but um, I'm, I'm not going to specify which players. But I mean, midfield. What do you who do you who do you like in the midfield? Chelsea or, or Man City? Mm, right now, I'll be honest. They're both kind of tied, in my opinion. They're both kind of the same. They're not performing to where you expected them to perform, but they do have the players. They do have the talent. So it's kind of it's kind of hard. Uh, I'm gonna have to go with Chelsea. Chelsea just because of the support, yeah, just because of the support from Pulisic and Zayek. I mean, there's that, and of course they have Conte. Um, yeah. um you know what? I, I, I'll be with you. I, I do like I like Chelsea's midfield a little bit more than I like Man City's midfield. But now the big question is the backline. The backline. Which backline do you prefer? Do you prefer Chelsea's backline or prefer uh, Man City's backline? I think I would have to go with Man City on that one. I completely agree, man. I mean, Chelsea has a good backline, not taking that away, but obviously they're still kind of developing, and yeah. there's still some issues. Um, and as far when you look at Man City, I mean, obviously they're only allowed four goals this year, so clearly the backline has something to do with it. Um, I mean, you know, Jao Cancelo, uh, Mendy, Benjamin Mendy, even though uh, Spencer isn't necessarily a fan of Benjamin Mendy. Um, you have a lot of talent there in that back line. They have been really good this year. And that's kind of been the reason why Man City is is where they are right now. It's because the back line keeps them in a lot of matches. Um, so I, 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 have, I have to go with Man City as well. And then goalkeeper Ederson or Mendy. Because obviously it doesn't look like Kepler's the guy. Um, yeah. Thank God. <laughs> um, so Mendy versus Ederson. Mm, Mendy. Mendy, I have to go with Mendy as well. So I mean, I, so to kind of just sum this whole thing up, man. Who do you got that with? Overall, uh, I guess I'll probably, I'll, I probably want to say, I'll, I'll probably do it to. It's kind of funny, both the because I feel like right now we've given it, to, we've given majority to Chelsea. No, not really. Because you think about it, forward we give to Chelsea. Midfield we give to Chelsea. Defense we no, give no, to we Man City. No, no, for forward we gave to Man City. 
Oh, yeah. Oh, wait. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're right. You're right. You're right. So, yeah. Wait, let me see. Manager, forward, back line, S3, wingers, mid, midfield, uh, and goalkeeper. Okay, so they're, yeah, they're even 3-3. Three, three. Mm-hmm. Yep. That's why I was like, wait, what are you talking about? But, so it's pretty even match, in my opinion. Alright, but if you have to get, if you have to give it to somebody, who do you think it is? I have to say Chelsea, because they're probably coming back from that Arsenal loss. Mm, that's a good, that's a good point. Um, and this is just kind of recent. Arsenal, I'm just saying. No yeah. Against Arsenal, I'm just saying. So, Lampard has been complaining about the schedule. They do have another game literally two days after playing, uh, Arsenal. And we just found out that Man City's game against Everton has been postponed, which is a big factor. So you're having Chelsea already having to play a next game. Um, and Man City does not have to worry about that game. So I have to give Man City the, I think it's Man City's game. I think at least the excuses shouldn't be on Man City's end. I mean, they're going to be well rested. They're going to have time to prepare. And obviously a prepared Pep Guardiola is a very scary Pep Guardiola. Um, I just think that right now they, if, I think they have a clear handicap right now versus, uh, Chelsea. And so I have to give it to Man City. Mm, yep. I, I guess I have to agree with you on that one, Man City. So you're going with Man City as well? Yeah. All right, man. All right. Let me tell you guys about Unhuman Sports Network. It is a growing brand with a wide variety of sports podcasts from all around the country and technically world because we do have a podcast from Canada. Shout out to Bluetooth Connections. Um, Unhinged is a const- is constantly playing shows on their website, unhingedsn.com. Go there and listen to us on Thursdays at 11 a.m. Central Time and stay to listen to the other great programs they have available, like Podcast of the Year, Far End of the Bench, um, the J Dash Morning Show, High and Low Sports. There's a wide variety of podcasts, the Reserves Podcast, Sports and Things. It's very entertaining. I highly recommend it. Just, you know, if you guys have nothing going on, just go on unhingedsn.com. And just enjoy what they have available because there's always something playing at unhingedsn.com. So go ahead and um, check them out and also follow them on Twitter at Network Unhinged so you'll be notified when, you know, podcasts are playing. If there's a specific podcast you want to listen to, maybe like, I don't know, insert name FC. Um, well, whenever they notify you on uh, Twitter that, hey, we're playing, go ahead and click and listen to us. You can hear our beautiful voices. <laughs> Yes, our beautiful voices and mine being sick. <laughs> All right, Edward. We're at the halfway point. I guess I guess technically we're now at the halfway point. 2020 is almost over, right? So we're going to decide to look at the league tables. All right. Now, things could change. Um, obviously, give you guys some reference. It is Monday. Um, and it's Thursday now, so I believe there has been some games by the time we drop this episode. But I think that the table is going to look at least fairly the same. But um, so just so you guys know, we're looking at this from Monday. So maybe some things have changed. Maybe they have not. Um, so we're going to start with the Premier League. All right. Now, the teams are in the Champions League spots, which obviously is first to fourth place. In first place, you have Liverpool. Second place, you have Everton. Third place, you have Leicester City. And in fourth place, you have Manchester United. Hmm. I think I personally think Man U will probably be able to go down. Not not doing them any shit. It's just uh, I just gotta be realistic, man. 
Yeah, I think I, I agree with you, and that's not me bashing on Manchester United. You know, kind of is. Oh wow! I mean, Everton. Uh, okay, so the question with Everton is going to be: they had a really good start. They kind of fizzled out a little bit in the middle. Um, I guess kind of finding some form uh, near the end. So the question would be: can these guys keep up where they are right now? And I don't necessarily think they have it yet. They have a good manager. They have a really good. They have a good roster right now. They have a good roster, but they would have like that. That let's say a few players to stand out. To I just don't think they have players. the consistency. The consistency to to be to maintain that spot. Like I said, I don't think they have like players like Bosala, Sadio Mane, Roberto Firmino. Um, you know, they don't have the big name player like that. I mean, besides Hamas, I mean that's really the one that you know, and he actually does could make a change in that in that team. But I personally don't see anybody else in Everton to make that big of a change. Mm-hmm. And then you have Leicester City, which I'm kind of on the same, same as you said about Everton. Jamie Vardy, you know, he's, he's up there in age. He's still, he's still performing. He's just not in the sense of like how he, he was when they first, when they first came up the Premier League and actually won the championship. No, I completely, I completely agree. I think, um, even though, like I said, I think these these four teams have been really good. The only one that I feel is going to at least stay in the top four is Liverpool. I think Everton, Leicester City, and Manchester United is going to fall off at some point. Um, I think they're just going to have a rough a rough stretch games or something like that. Um, and then it also depends what Manchester United does in the transfer window. And I think the same thing you can say for Everton, Leicester. Do they add some more some more players to give them that extra push for that second half stretch? Which I yeah. just don't I just don't think they're going to really get anything of appeal. And like I said, there's some teams that obviously you think of Tottenham, you think of Man City. Um, there's going to be some clubs that I feel that can get back into it. Um, and I think all it just takes is a good run of form. So I, I agree. I think that the, at least the second, third, and fourth place could be changing by the end of the season. Um, I think Liverpool is going to be in the top four, probably stay in the same spot that they're in, depending on. On, on other factors, but I think they're going to be in the top four and still be in that Champions League spot. Yeah, and I have a prediction too. I, I feel like maybe the way Liverpool's doing right now, depending on how their startup goes in January and how they keep continuing and performing in the first round of uh, Champions League, or the first knockout round, um, I, I want to say Liverpool might not actually make it this That's a big assumption, but I, I kind of feel it in my mind. All right, so you and me are on two different spectrums when it comes to Liverpool. But all right, so the team that's in that fifth place spot, which qualifies for Europa. Now, mind you, there's other ways to qualify for Europa in the Premier League. Obviously, if you win the Carabao Cup, you win the FA Cup. So there is still other ways, but obviously, in the Premier League table, it's fifth place. Um, and the fifth place team is Manchester City. Um, and I mean, we both kind of already said it. This team. It's going to change. Man City is going to be back in the top. Yeah, I think I think they're going to be up there, and that actually might be Manchester United. Yeah, I, I think I can say I can say Manchester United. I feel pretty confidently. Um, even I, I could even say Leicester. I think Leicester could probably get that, or even Everton. I think Everton is due to have some European sort of competition, and maybe maybe their spot is the Europa League at least to get themselves comfortable. Um, so I mean that could be a good that could be a good spot for for Everton for sure. Um, in the relegation zone. You have 18th place Fulham, which I said from the beginning, Fulham's going to be relegated. 
Five dollars a day yeah. bet. Right. You did say that. <clears throat> um, at 19th place, you have West Brom, the team that's all two points away from Liverpool. <laughs> um, and then in 20th place, you have Sheffield United. Now, from any of these two, do you think any of them could probably improve their chances or do you think it's just going to stay the same? Because honestly, I'm going to tell you right now, I feel like it's going to stay the same. Yeah, I, I think in the regulation zone, yeah, I mean, it's... It, it, okay, let me put it this way. It's hard for one of the major teams to go down so low, so bad, all the way to being relegated. I mean, Arsenal was close. But they're 15, like so they're not really even close to 18th place. But yeah. the, the, the thing I'm asking is not necessarily like if there's any, like, I mean, do you think any of these three right now that are in the relegation zone, could they get out of the relegation zone? Okay. Uh, I agree with you on that one. So you don't see any of the three? No, I don't. They're the ones that have been the worst performing so far. So, I mean, I don't think they're going to be coming up anytime soon. Okay. <laughs> Alright, so that is the Premier League. Now going into La Liga, which is honestly the league that uh, you and me prefer. Um, I mean, not saying anything about the Premier League, but obviously our, our, our clubs play in La Liga. But anyways, so in the Champions League, similar to the Premier League, top four makes it to the Champions League. Um, so in first place, you have Atletico Madrid. Second place, you have Real Madrid. Third place, you have Real Sociedad. And fourth place, you have Villarreal. So I'm just going to say this. I feel that they also see that they are gonna are gonna drop. Um, I mean, they also see that had a really hot start, but now they're kind of sizzling out, which is kind of what I thought was gonna happen for them. So not saying that they're a bad team. I just think they're missing something. Um, at least to be consistently in the top four and be around. I think nobody expected them to be here. Yeah, um, I, I agree. And so I think. I think, um, yeah, it's great for them right now, but I feel like they're going to they're going to fall out eventually. And, and I mean, I think there's better teams in La Liga. Maybe they have some rough starts, but I think they're going to finish strong um, in yeah. in La Liga. So I think, I think for I think the top two obviously is pretty is pretty safe in my opinion, which is obviously Atletico Madrid, Real Madrid. But I think Real Sociedad and Villarreal will will be seeing some drop offs um, as we continue on with the season. And then in fifth place for the Europa League is Barcelona, which I think they're going to move up. They're going to they're going to jump back in the top four. Now, mind you, I know I know your prediction that you had for for La Liga was that Barcelona wasn't going to qualify for Champions League. But do you still feel that same way? No, I don't. Like like I said, with Messi speaking how he spoke, it kind of gives you that hope. It gives you that he has that determination back. That he's actually willing, wanting to play, like. Okay, for example, when they played against Bayern, I feel like he had that small little hope taken away. Like, mm-hmm. he had that determination. It was gone, like, when he was playing that. All right, that so, you agree, so you agree with me that you think Barcelona's going to be back in the top four? Yes, sir. All right. Um, I think as far as the Europa League, I could see Real Sociedad that there. I think it'll be a good place for them. I know that, that doesn't mean being disrespectful for Real, to Real Sociedad, but... I think that this is a, that's a good spot for them. Like once again, this club is trying to, you know, find their form, and I don't think they necessarily have a deep roster yet. They have a they look they look really good at the beginning, but I think if they're falling off, I think a good place for them would be in that fifth place spot to make it to the Europa League. I mean, um, usually don't we usually or see Sevilla or Valencia? Yeah, in the Europa League. I mean. So- 
So who knows? Maybe maybe Sevilla gets back in there. Yeah. Gets, gets back in there in their preferred location. And that's a, that's another thing to mention is that you know obviously Sevilla could be that team that jumps back into the top five. So I mean, yeah, maybe they had a few a rough stretch of games, but I think with with being around Real Sociedad, which you we both feel that we'll be dropping off at some point. You know, maybe maybe Sevilla is that team that that gets themselves back up there. Oh, I agree with you on that one, bro. All right, man. So the teams that are in relegation, and that is Valladolid, Osasuna, and Huesca. Obviously, uh, 18, 19, and 20th place. Now, are there any teams here that you feel could maybe get out of their situation? Um, I want to say Osasuna. Maybe, maybe able to get in 17th place? Yeah. I agree with you. I think... I think they, I think, uh, I think there's worse teams in Osasuna. Um, yeah. so I, I, I agree with you. I think that they could probably get out of their situation. I, I, I completely agree with you on that one. But aside from that, I think the three could, it, they'll be in the bottom for sure. Now, I don't know about where in the bottom, but they'll be in the bottom. I mean, Wesca, it, it's kind of hard to push for them when they're all the way up. I mean, they've just had a rough, they've just had a rough, so. But I mean, yeah, no, I agree with you. I think also Sona could definitely at least get in, get out of the relegation zone by the end of the season. All right, man. Bundesliga. And obviously this is a little bit different because in the Bundesliga, there's only 18 teams in the Bundesliga. Um, but in the, the top four still makes it to the Champions League, which in first place, you have Bayern Munich. Second place, you have Bayern Leverkusen. Third place, you have RB Leipzig. And in fourth place, you have Wolfsburg. Now from these four, I'm just gonna say Wolfsburg can fall off. Like, uh, I have to disagree with you on that one. Really? Um, well, okay, let me put it this way. I feel that the teams right now are pretty solid in their positions. Like, not one's like, oh, one's worse than the other one, one's doing this, one's doing that. They're actually playing to their current positions right now. And I hate, and I, as a Dortmund fan, I hate to say it, that Dortmund has to step it up and actually have to. And see, that's what that's what I'm factoring in. I think Dortmund, who currently is in the Europa League spot at fifth place, so we'll just go ahead and say that out there. But I think Dortmund can definitely jump over Wolfsburg and get that fourth place spot. I mean, they can. It just we haven't seen it yet. And that's the problem. Like that's that's the thing where you're, you're not certain. I'm not certain of it. Like I'm not certain where I'm like, okay, they got these players. It, these players have been showing up. These players have been doing good. These, no. I can't. Okay. So, so, really that's so you, you so you feel like it's going to stay the same? It might stay the same for a bit. Like okay. It may change later on. Like, right. depending on what happens in the first month of this, I okay. don't have a more solid view of, of, of the table. But oh. right now, I feel like everything's going to stay at its, at its okay. set pace right now. All right. So, in the relegation zone, which at 16th place, you have Armenia, which in the Bundesliga, the 16th place spot plays a playoff game against the third place team in the second division of the Bundesliga. So, mm-hmm. and, and, and then in 19, no, not 19, a 17th place you have Mainz and at 18th place you have Schalke. Um, yeah, we kind of saw this happen. We knew Schalke was going to be the team that gets relegated. Um, we did say that. You said that early on. Yeah, I mean, I said it from the beginning, Schalke is going to get relegated. And don't be surprised if they start selling a lot of players. Because of this, um, I mean, they're going to end up giving Juventus 
Weston McKinney, because obviously he's on loan, so he's not necessarily a full transfer, but I'm sure Juventus is currently working on that right now, as we speak, to keep their guy. Um, now, as far as anything changing, I feel like Mainz could jump into that 16th spot to release play in the playoffs. So they'll still be in the relegation zone, in my opinion, but I think they can at least get that fighting shot to stay in the Bundesliga. Right, right, right. So that's that's who I think is. I think Mainz can at least change their situation. Not necessarily get in, in a, any better situation. They'll still be in the relegation zone, but I can see them get into that, that, that 16th place spot to at least fight or sustain the Bundesliga. I agree with you on that one. I mean, they they seem like a better team out of all those in the, in the bottom three. Mm-hmm. So, um, but I want to say that there is a chance that <clears throat> they, may, they, they may not they may make it. Because I think um, Col- like Colo, like okay, so Colin, Arvinia are both literally one point from each other. Oh, so, so you are thinking one can, you think Mice can jump over? Yeah, I actually oh. kind of have hope for them. They, okay, yeah, I see Cole, I see Cole would actually be the ones to get down there. They're at sixteenth place. Okay, um, but I mean, it, there's a chance. There's a okay, chance. so I mean, you and me both. At least we both. Feel that minds can get out of it. Yeah, minds can improve. I'm gonna be honest with you. Um, their first match back is gonna be against Bayern, so that's not Yikes. that game. <laughs> Yikes! Um, and then their next match is gonna be against Frankfurt, which I think they can pull it off. And then the other match is gonna be Dortmund and Wolfsburg, so they're Yikes. playing against the top tier. Yeah, they're playing against the top teams in the, in the next five to six matches. They're playing yeah. Wolfsburg, Leipzig. Stuttgart. So the only team until February is when they're going to play Union Berlin. Jesus Christ. All right, man. So let's get to League Un. We definitely need to get through this lock with it. All right. In Champions League, um, for League Un, you have Leon, Leo, and PSG. But PSG will be playing a qualifier. And for the Europa, you have in fourth place, Atlantis. Um, I'm just going to say this. I think PSG is going to get out of that qualifier spot. I think they're going to they're gonna finish strong. I think with Pochettino now, Yes, there's a lot of question marks still with PSG, but I think with Pochettino, um, I think he can at least push them into the top two. Um, and I think Leo, Leo Leon could get put in that qualifier spot. Yeah, I can agree with you on that one. I and I think, agree. I think Venice stays where they are. I think Venice is in a, in a good spot. I think Europa League is a good place for them. I mean, with La, with La Liga, like, I feel like once it's. La Liga? I mean, I mean, once once it's set in the middle, um, like right now, I, I feel like it's it's okay. Like I feel like this is how it might be staying, and PSG will actually move up. Exactly. All Especially right. So they're going to be doing moves. Okay. You know, okay. So in the relegation zone, in 18th place, you have Lorient, who will be playing in a playoff similar to the Bundesliga, where they play against third place team. Um, you have Dion and Nimes. I think this stays the same. I don't, I don't, I don't think it changes at all. Yeah. All right. Now in Syria, uh, in first place, in, uh, well, for Champions League, in first place, you have AC Milan, who's still undefeated. Just want to throw that out there. I've still not lost a game in, in the Serie A. Um, in second place, you have Inter Milan. Third place, you have Roma. Fourth place, you have Sassuolo. In the Europa League spot, you have Napoli in place. 
I'm just going to say this. It's going to change. I think Sassuolo drops off. Um, it's kind of similar to what we said with Real Sociedad and Everton. Even though they've had a really good start, I think they're going to fall off. I just don't think they have that experience yet. And then obviously Juventus is still lurking, and I think they're going to definitely finish in the top four for sure. Um, so, I mean, it, so there's still some question marks, but I think things are going to change. And I think Napoli stays in the Europa League, or maybe Napoli and Roma switch. I think it's also a possibility. Um, but I think Napoli has been struggling uh, versus what, how Roma has been looking. So I think they're going to stay in their spot. I just think Sassuolo is going to be the team that drops off and Juventus gets into the top four. Yeah, because uh, right now, Inter and Inter and DC. Inter and Inter and DC Milan are the ones that are that are comp- are basically at the top. Nobody can really touch them at this point. But if they have, if they accumulate losses uh, in the second part of the season, then there's a chance that Juventus may actually be able to catch up because it's only ten points. Yeah. That they're behind. All right, man. So the teams are in the relegation zone. So the teams we have in the relegation zone at 18th place, you have Genoa. 19th place, you have Crotone. And in 20th place, you have Torino. I think this stays the same. I don't think it changes. I think that these teams have been not the best <laughs> um, yeah. this year. And, and it's unfortunate, but that's kind of just how the way it goes in your promotion relegation. Um, and it's unfortunate for Torino. Obviously, you want to see the, the, the Turin derby or or classic, whatever they call it. Um, but, you know, they just haven't been performing well. And, and you know, when you don't perform well, you, you get relegated. And, I mean, many people will take relegation as a negative. But it's not necessarily a negative thing. That gives you a chance to kind of regroup and maybe come back stronger. Mm, yeah, I agree. All right, so, so that is our reaction to the league tables. Like I said, things are going to change, like, Nothing's guaranteed. I mean, things happen in the game. Um, but I think fairly from what we said, things are probably going to stay the same. Um, I think the teams that are up top are the teams are, that are up top for a reason. Um, you'll see some drop-offs, and that's probably just because of the experience is the big issue. But, yeah, that is the, the league table reactions. Mind you, it's gonna, by the time that you guys listen to this, probably the things have already, tables have already changed, but we're just giving you guys our perspective, at least as of right now. Yeah, exactly. All right, man. Time for three up and three down. You ready? All right, man. So, so today's topic is New Year's. Um, so basically, I know it's very vague, but obviously it's December 31st. It's New Year's Eve. So things about New Year's Eve, like things about New Year's Eve parties, just things in general about New Year's Eve that's, that, that, you know, you can think of. So, you want me to go first for the for the bottom three, or you want to start? I'll start. Uh, All right. All right. So my bottom three, of course, is me. Uh, my bottom third one is me being sick for New Year's. Um, I'm basically being quarantined. Um, my number two is my dad. I'm hoping he uh, he gets out of the hospital soon. Um, same thing. He's uh he, he he caught COVID before I did, but it hit him a little bit harder than me. Uh, and my number one, I mean, shit. I think you already know what I'm going with this. It's like I'm not gonna like this was my week with the kids. My New Year's and the weekend was supposed to be for me with them, <clears throat> but 
being in quarantine and everything, I won't be able to see them for New Year's. It's, all I've been being able to do is FaceTime them, and even then, it's not the same. So it, it, it's pretty tragic. Um, this thing, this, this corona shit, has been pretty struggling. Uh, from what I hear, yeah, there's a, uh, what you call it, a shot for it, a cure. But, you know, here's hoping for permanent solution to this. So, yeah, those are my three down. All right, man. All right, so, wow, that's, that's going to be hard to talk. But my bottom three, <laughs> um, I'm just going to say this, not a fan of necessarily, like, staying up till midnight. <laughs> uh, for those that, that don't know me that well, I'm, I'm kind of more of a homebody. Not saying that I don't like going out on occasion. So for New Year's, I'm usually, that's where I'm like, okay, well, I have to go out this New Year's Eve, you know, all that, blah, blah, blah stuff. Um, but, you know, usually just like, dang, you know, we gotta stay up till midnight, just like, you know, count down the last 10 seconds and then, and then, you know, have, have yeah, everybody says Happy New Year, hug each other, kiss each other, kiss if you have a girlfriend or something like, or a significant other, or maybe you don't have one, maybe you just found somebody. Um, but, you know, so. I'm not necessarily a fan of just the whole idea of staying up late just to scream Happy New Year, but, um, but, you know, that it, it comes with celebrating New Year's. Um, number two, uh, I, I have to say it. Uh, all right. So this is, I don't know if it's like in other cultures, but I know for sure in Latino cultures, I'm not a fan of the little, little remedies that they do for if, like, oh, if you walk around with a suitcase, that means you're gonna your 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 ne- your next year is gonna have nothing but travel like, or some some shit like that. Um, I don't know if you know what I mean, ever. No, not really. Okay, so they they everybody has like these little quirks and like, oh, if you do this, you're gonna find love next year, like things oh, like that. Okay, okay. So, so, so that's what I, I'm like. So I think it's stupid. I, I just I just find it stupid personally. I think it's it's fun to watch, but I don't personally partake in. Um, and then because I think it's stupid. And then my number one is the phrase that we hear every single year. New year, new me. Oh, yeah. Um, especially if you remember from 2020, you had everybody like, oh, bro, I got 2020 vision. Well, look how great that turned out. Yeah. <laughs> but 2020 vision cost everyone in the world. But the, the part that was just so funny to me is always that person's like, hey, guys, I'm going to be different next year. Like blah blah blah, you're gonna see a new me, and then next year's basically the same exact person. Same person. They probably changed like for the first week, and after that, it's back to the same. So yeah, so so that that is my my bottom three. So to reiterate, my bottom three is um, just the idea of staying up late is number three. Number two is the, the little the the I guess uh, remedies or things to make to guarantee you're gonna have a, a good next year, and then new year, new me. Right. And then for you, obviously, you having COVID, your dad having COVID, and it's not being able to see your kids. Yeah. Um, all right, man. So what's your top three? My top three is number three, um, basically making it to the new year, because uh, I actually do want to see what the 2021 has up and coming in store for us. Um, number two is, um, well, Hopefully, I'll be getting better. And of course, that's one thing I'm looking forward to. And number one is, you know, I get to see my kids. Yay! When okay. Get better. <laughs> okay. All right. So, so yeah, some pretty good ones. All right. So, no, I'm not pretty good. These are, 
those are really good ones actually. Um, <laughs> my num- my top three, my number three is I'm gonna say is I for, I love the food spread at New Year's Eve parties. Like, I mean, obviously I'm a fatty, but I don't know. It's like a lot of snack food, and then obviously if you're at a Latino. I don't know. I've never I've, I've been to America, a few American. Uh, New Year's Eve parties, but obviously the majority of the ones I've been to is Latino, so obviously you have tamales, you have... Uh, it's a pretty good food spread. Um, um, or Basically, things that we would eat on Thanksgiving or, or Christmas Day is basically similar to what we'll eat for Thanksgiving. But even when I go to the American parties, like they have a pretty good food spread of snacks and all that, so I don't complain. I like the food spread for New Year's Eve parties, so that's my motivation to go to New Year's Eve parties, is the food spread. Um, and then uh, number two... And this is going to sound dumb, especially when I was giving crap about the whole, the, the little tricks that people do to try to guarantee they're going to have a good year. And that is the 12 grapes, uh, the 12 grapes thing. I don't know. I don't know if you're familiar with that. I know. So nothing because of the, 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 the you know, not, not so much about like, oh, if you eat 12 grapes, you know, when they count down, you're going to have a good year or something like that. It's just so much the fact that I get to eat grapes. <laughs> Because I love grapes. So, <laughs> so already, my, my first two already food related. And then my number one, and obviously, even though I, I, I make fun of the people that say all this, the New Year, New Me stuff, is I like the optimism of New Year's. Obviously, you know, maybe you, you had a really rough year, and the, pot, the optimism that next year is going to be different, it, it, it's something great. And I think that obviously, like, your top three, it's, it consists of positive things that like, you're going to get better, your dad's going to get better, you're going to see your kids. And, and so I love the optimism of New Year's. And so I think even though as, as funny as I'm making fun of the people that do the little tricks like that, but I like the optimism. And and I mean, not only that, but for this podcast, I mean, um, we're hoping for bigger and better things. We're going to do a lot of things. We have a lot of things lined up that we can't wait to, to like tell y'all once we get there. But it's really exciting, and, and I can't wait for you guys to, to hear us do it. Yeah, exactly. It's gonna be it's gonna be an awesome year to start. And uh, for everybody that listens to us, appreciate y'all, love y'all. Thank you for showing us love. So that's that's always awesome. All right, man. So that's the show. Uh, shout out to Unhinged Sports Network. Um, like I said, this is also one of the best things that happened for us for for the year 2020, which is the fact that we started the podcast and then like five episodes into the podcast we we have unhinged wanting us to join them so. that was awesome and so and and look, look out for 2020 man because i'm 2021 um look out for 2021 because there's some big things that are going to be happening not only for unhinged but also um, us doing some stuff with unhinged so be on the lookout if you guys haven't yet follow unhinged on on twitter at network unhinged um shout out to all honda gomez man the creator of the instant MSC logo um nominated nominated uh, award nominated uh, Alejandro Gomez um, if you guys want a logo done hit her up at, on Instagram at Ale Gomez Graphics on the units at Ale Gomez Graphics and of course man shout out to our producer our beat maker our MVP Roosevelt Spencer man this guy does so much for us and as much as we we try to do the best we can for under certain circumstances we try to make it easier for him um, but you know, he manages to do things and you know what, 2020 has, has been, has, has ended pretty rough for him as well. I'm not going to put himself out there, but you know that we're wishing you the best buddy and, and we got you. Gary, you know, we have us. Um, 
But you know what? We're, we're ready to get this year over with, man. Um, I'm, I'm done with 2020. Um, it's been rough for everyone, and I think it's time for us to just look on for, for the better future and, and hope that 2021, and I'm not trying to put any pressure on 2021, but hopefully 2021 could be better than 2020. Dan's already low, so I mean, there's no pressure for <laughs> right. But yeah, man, so that's the show, man. Thank you for listening to the podcast. Thank you for constantly supporting us. Thank you to Unhinged. Thank you to Football TV. Thank you to Fanatics, man. Um, it just, it just, it gives us that, that reassurance that we're doing something good here. And, and I think that's the best part of it that you know that people are listening to us and people want to listen to us. Um, just two idiots talk about soccer, but it, it's, it's just the fact that it, it makes us want to do better. Yes, exactly. And next year is going to be better. I promise you that you guys are going to love we bring for 2021. Yeah. So everybody, happy new year to y'all. Stay blessed with y'all's families, everything. Just hope for the best and we'll see what 2021 brings. Yeah. Thank you so much, guys. And to end this show, because we went 2020 without me having to sing because I didn't lose a single bet this year. Um, I give you guys a gift. So oh, go ahead and enjoy. My rendition of Sorry 2020. Oh my. By Ruben Stutter. <laughs> so, yeah. So I decided to do it. I went all out for it. So hopefully Spencer mixed it up just as right because we all, we know Spencer's going to do it, right? So, yeah. So enjoy me singing Sorry 2020. Oh shit. All right. Have a good one. Get ready, babe. Here's one million more.
for July In case I don't tell you August, September, October, November Till your December I'm sorry Sorry for the way that I did you Sorry for the thought and how I hurt you, girl Sorry for the first day Sorry on the second day Sorry for the things I did Sorry for the things I said Sorry for the lies Sorry for the time That I didn't get you what you want Didn't get what you like What can I do to tell you that I'm sorry, babe? Oh All them strip clubs All them hot tubs I'm gonna give them up Cause I don't wanna lose you now Girl, this is my sorry for 2020 And I ain't gonna mess up no more This year I'ma take this one chance And make it real clear I'm sorry for May And I'm sorry for June Sorry for July In case I don't tell you August, September, October, November Till your December I'm sorry No more Girl, this is my sorry for 2020 I'm sorry, sorry 2020 $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. Whether it's Baker's Simple Truth Turkey or Mac and Cheese with Murray's English Cheddar or pie made with fresh Cosmic Crisp apples, there are many dishes we look forward to sharing during the holidays. And Baker's has all the fresh ingredients you need to turn today's holidays into tomorrow's memories. Baker's, fresh for everyone. Choose from a great selection of digital coupons and use them up to five times in one transaction. Check our app for details. Baker's, fresh for everyone.